0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast. Nathan Stackin here, alongside my good friend and co-host, of the podcast sports director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota. It's Travis Crins. Travis, how we doing?
1: Good. Hasn't been too hot. Tomorrow's going to be a hot one. It looks like uh, next Sunday, Sunday, the next week's going to be hot. But uh, it's been a cool July, so I, I've been all right with the one.
0: I'm not happy with the forecast for next week in this heat dome. That Hot. is uh, well. I don't know if it's the heat dome, but I see temperatures are going to be in the mid nineties, low to mid nineties for us all next week. I don't like it. We need rain. We might get some, uh, to, you know, tonight and Wednesday, but it's not. Uh, it's not looking great. I don't know if this is the heat dome that is currently baking the southwest and you know the, the southeast, or it will expand to the southeast. Uh, Phoenix, nineteen straight days of temperatures over one hundred and ten degrees. I was at the gym the other day, it was the morning, so I was there at what, like on the elliptical about 620 or something, and so that would be 520 Phoenix time, I believe,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the temp- or it was in Tempe, and the temperature was 96 degrees at 520 in the morning.
1: Yeah, this yeah, it's been nice and cool here, it was like what, 80 degrees today, so anything under 85 is a good day in yes. July. Yep. You they've had, what, 115 for 19 straight days in Phoenix? Yep. It was, what, El Paso's had 33 straight days of at least 100. Yeesh. And they're, they're somewhere, like, in the Middle East at a heat index of, like, one. Fifth year. 152 almost in 150. Iran.
0: It was at the Persian Gulf Airport in Iran. 152 degree heat heat in
1: on Monday. And almost the biggest ever. Like, the, yeah, 152. I, like, what does that, that. that even feel like? Yeah. We've had it up to, you know, probably, you know, 110. You know, low one teens, maybe 115 at the most. Sort like, oh, that's pretty dangerous. Uh, Death Valley hit 128, that was two degrees shy of the all-time record on Earth. Uh, there was a stretch there a week or two ago where every day was the hottest day ever recorded on Earth. It was right around the 4th of July where, like, the cumulative Earth temperature was, like, 62 or 66 degrees, somewhere around there.
0: Yep, I think, like, in Africa, some, one country in Africa had an overnight low of in the hundreds.
1: Like, I mean... yeah, And this is kind of, and, and we had a little bit of that smoke from the Canadian fires this weekend. We could smell it a little bit and we can definitely see it. Yep. And we'll see what the future is, but I feel like this, this is what it's just going to be like. Or it's going to be hot as hell, hopefully not up here, but this is just what it's going to be because we've done so much damage and we're past the point of doing anything about it. You're where this is where it's at now you
0: always get the crack pipe theory you know like scientists like oh, the the global warming isn't real but I, I just don't know how you can look at all of this stuff that's going on. I mean China had someplace in China had a heat indice of 126 earlier this week uh, Europe is baked in a in a heat um, you know just a, a, a lot of high heat Spain's in a big drought and I think you know to your point on the Canadian wildfires, I like think I saw there's over 500 active wildfires right now in Canada. I mean, that's unheard of.
1: Uh, this, despite the air quality, like if I win this billion-dollar hullabal jackpot, it'll give you a billion or two. Yeah. I, I go like If you got a summer home, I think you go up north to like Duluth. I was looking at the Duluth forecast. It was 70 today. Mm-hmm. It's going 64 tomorrow it's going to be 81 on sunday and
0: that's
1: a heat wave for them <laughs> 70s yeah Yep. overnight lows like around you know 60 just looks like beautiful i don't want to be in, there in the winter but it just looks absolutely great yes summer in the loop just looks i'm sure they're getting pretty bad smoke up there since they're farther north but Despite that, I, I like those temperatures.
0: Oh, for sure. And if you even go a little further north and east, like to Grand Marais and Grand Portage up there in the very yeah. northeast portions of Minnesota, their temperatures yeah. can sometimes be 10 to 15 degrees lower than what it is in uh, in Duluth. Like, it's it's yeah. insane.
1: It's nice. And that northeast corner of Minnesota, where there's at least some people compared to North Dakota. So, yeah, that's Right off the lake. That would be a good spot to cool down.
0: For sure. For sure. So hopefully.
1: Well, then Wednesday of last week, we got hail. A little bit of hail. 3 in the morning. And we got good shot of rain. A lot of rain in a short period of time. So we got a little thunderstorm there. Very early Wednesday morning. About you're, a week ago.
0: You're lucky. We got two shots of rain last week, uh, including a thunderstorm, which I think is the first thunderstorm of the season, or at least in a good couple of months. First thunderstorm in two months for us. And um, we, we got maybe a half inch total. Like, it's not anywhere near what we need it to be. But it was nice. I did see, uh, I think, a picture from a friend in Pier. They got some big hail Tuesday night, it appears.
1: Yes, it was. Um, it, we got a tin rope, so it sounded worse than it was. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, it was like dropping baseballs or apples on our house, but it was maybe, I'll say, cashew size hail. Oh. Maybe uh, nickel, 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 little nickel quarter size hail, maybe.
0: I think last week in Jasper, Minnesota, I saw. So Jasper's by Pipestone. You, I mean, you, have you heard of Jasper oh. at all?
1: Uh, my mom has cousins up there. No shit. Really? Okay. Um, so... Jasper a couple of times.
0: Okay. I mean, it's a small town. Uh, it's, you know, actually, it's small, but it exp- it's it spans over two different counties in oh. Minnesota. Uh, I think it spans over Pipestone and Rock, which is oh. weird, but um, and it's, like, divided by railroad tracks. But I think they had 3.75-inch diameter-sized hail last week from a storm.
1: Wow. Yeah, we had a couple of bad... Storms they got one now to our west. Looks like we're going to miss it. Maybe, what, 62 mile-proper winds at Chamberlain. Ooh. But it looks like we're going to miss it probably by 30, 40 miles. Be
0: a good time to go in and get some uh, strawberry pie from Al's Oasis there.
1: God damn. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good.
0: Best it's pie good. in the world. Best strawberry pie in the world. I, I know I'm sure there's other places I have not had a, a strawberry pie better than at Al's Oasis.
1: Perkins usually has some good ones. Um, they do. Yeah, It's hard to find the strawberry pie. You don't find it very often.
0: No, but Hal's Oasis has it and Hal's Oasis does it good uh, That's always a must-stop if uh, Traveling out, you know west to like the Black Hills and whatnot. You got to go. You got to stop at Hal's Oasis It's
1: good
0: pie. Good pie. Very good pie uh, So a couple of things here. Uh, Northwestern is launching a couple of reviews we talked about that last week, uh, about Pat Fitzgerald getting fired. There's more kind of coming out here uh, that, uh, you know, they're watching a couple of reviews amid hazing investigations, looking at the athletic department because their baseball head coach got fired last week. Uh, also for kind of like bullying and whatnot, not to, nearly to the degree of the, of the what was going on within the football program, but Northwestern appears to have a very um, shady kind of culture within the athletic department there.
1: Yeah, and the baseball coach gets fired a couple days after, like, what is going on here? Like, how does this happen? It's just, yeah, it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to happen. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of uh, you appreciate John Stiglmeyer more, kind of what he meant, and you know, he probably wouldn't have yeah, stood for any of the crap. I
0: would really hope that this won't happen. Yeah, it wouldn't happen certainly under Coach Stiglmeyer, but I don't think it's going to happen under Jimmy Rogers either, right? I mean, that's... No. And like yeah you, know, you,
1: you respect the coach, You're like, should I do this? No, because it's going to make me look bad. It's going to make my teammates look bad. It's going to make everybody surrounded, fans, everybody not look good. And, yeah, it's not a not a good time to be a Northwestern fan. And, I, would, I would say uh, yeah, is a former North Dakota State defense coordinator. Yes. Yep. So he walked into a job there where we're wondering who's going to take this job. And,
0: well, it's this guy. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to him for that. Uh, So, we'll see about that. I am getting more and more excited for football uh, season come up here for SDSU's. you know, to kick off their season. And, you know, know, they're the reigning champions. I think, you know, the prohibitive favorites to win it again. I think they should win it again this year. I'll almost be disappointed if they don't. Um, but should be a, another good year. There's been media days going on, the Big 12. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas says uh, that it would be great to win the Big 12 on their way out. So, but, you know, kind of fuck you to the rest of the Big 12. And I would say that if – not that they shouldn't uh, – like they have to expect it. But I would think that everyone in the Big 12, apart from, you know, like the BYUs, the Houstons, uh, the UCFs um, – uh, the, the Cincinnati, you know, that, that's coming in this year. I would think every other Big 12 school is going to want to just give it their all against Texas and Oklahoma this year. Like, they, they are going to go all in against these two teams and say, yeah, we just want to beat the shit out of you as you get out and uh, go to the SEC. Uh, Van, um, Mike Gundy, not Van Gundy, but just Mike Gundy, head coach of Oklahoma State, said, yeah, Oklahoma leaving, you know, now the the, the rivalry, the Bedlam rivalry is dead you know they they decided to to kill it when they moved to the SEC and doesn't like and i don't fault him for that i'm sure oklahoma is going to try and spin it like well we'd like to keep the rivalry going but that seems very difficult i would say for oklahoma to, to schedule oklahoma state on a consistent or like a yearly basis so i don't fault uh, gundy at all for saying that uh, oklahoma killed the rivalry and yeah they did all just for the greed of money
1: This is an interesting, it's almost like a super conference here for one year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to get the Big Ten and the SEC, and it won't be such a big problem in the Big 12, but you're going to have all of these teams in this conference, and you're going to end up almost playing not even half of them because they're so big. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you come up with a conference champion out of this system? I don't know. So, yeah, Texas are not one of those couples. They saw. I think they're, they're all right, but they're not one of those.
0: They're, I think they're the best team in the Big 12 this year. I think they will oh. win it. Uh, that's just my early prog, uh, prognostication or prediction. But I don't think they're going to sniff a college football playoff by any means. Um, I know the SEC has their media days. The Big 10 uh, has had it this week. Big 10 is next week. ACC, Pac-12 coming up here at some point. So, college football is uh you know slowly getting going here and uh, it'll be exciting for that to happen. Uh, I mentioned the Northwestern hazing stuff. There's some stuff going on with Mitchell Legion baseball here, so that's a, a story to keep an eye on that doesn't sound very good. Uh they very similar to what happened last year or last week with Northwestern where they suspend the head coach for a couple of weeks and then Northwestern found more out or maybe the Daily Northwestern did, and they're like, oh, yeah, Northwestern said we got to fire Pat Fitzgerald. Kind of the, the parallels between this and Mitchell, very similar. Mitchell said, hey, you know, we're going to resume pl- our season here following these uh, hazing allegations. And more more stuff came out. And they're like, nope, we're just going to postpone or cancel the rest of the season. It's like, I, I just don't understand what. And that, that was a day later. That wasn't like two days later or whatnot. It's just interesting what new information can possibly come to light after a decision like this, it just seems like maybe a hastily done uh, investigation. So that that's a, a story that keeps uh, that bears watching, uh, could, right in the neck of your woods. There.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting nice to see what happens with the season pretty much over. State tournaments next week, so then baseball will be over next weekend. Of uh, what comes out, when does it get actually reported or released? You know, it, it involves minors. That's always a tricky situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people know what happened, but nobody's saying anything. So you see all these stories and reports of, you know, people saying no comments, no comment. You know, the usual things they say, oh, we we'll wait until the investigation uh, ends, and we can't say anything as the investigation continues. But those who know, know what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they just didn't suspend those who did what they did or accused of doing. All right, you guys did this. You shouldn't have done it. You're suspended. You're kicked off the team for good. And we continue the season with everybody else that uh, didn't do that. So, yeah, just kind of a black cloud over Mitchell Baseball. Definitely. And even if you didn't do anything, you be like, oh, you were part of that team that did that thing. That was disgusting. So.
0: Yep. Yep, Indeed uh big big sports week coming up here on a global stage um we have the women's world cup that's uh starting down under uh in Australia as well as New Zealand those are the two host countries that uh starts on Thursday the the USA women are at 9 PM Eastern, 8 PM Central Standard Time on Friday, their first game against Vietnam. It's an expanded field this year. I'll have Marcus Traxler on here uh, later on in the podcast to, as we kind of break this down, preview it. Uh, But some of these game times, you know, 2 AM, you know, midnight. It's just that's the the sucky part. Now you can't base a an event, you know, a, a world event, just like the Olympics. You can't base it around the United States that's just not practical that's not right to the rest of the world but it is going to make viewership for this difficult uh, for a lot of USA soccer fans the women are the prohibitive favorites to win this one the consensus um, this is the one time of the year where I actually pay attention to soccer uh, I hope USA wins Alex Morgan Megan Rapinoe uh, on their way out uh, it would be good are you interested in this at all whatsoever no. Okay.
1: The good thing about it is it doesn't affect my habits at all because I wouldn't watch it anyway. Right. Let <laughs> me be on it. Two in the morning, five in the morning, 6 p.m. It do not matter. I'm not watching it. Don't give a shit. Yeah, I have no interest in, in this.
0: Yep. Fair enough. Uh, we have the Open Championship, Golf's final major of the year. That's my favorite tournament of the year. We'll talk about that here uh, in a few minutes. But uh, it's by far my favorite uh, championship and my favorite golf event of the year. Uh, I would take it over the Ryder Cup, even though I know the Ryder Cup's only once every two years. But regardless, I look forward to this tournament, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But we will stay in England, where uh, Wimbledon is wrapped up. And Carlos Alcaraz has won his first Wimbledon title. He beat Novak Djokovic in a five-set thriller. It's I think one of the best championship matches that we have seen, certainly at Wimbledon in a long time, but maybe like in in Grand Slam tennis tournaments ever in a, in a very very long time. I mean, this was just stellar. The back and forth, the the long volley or the long game where they had what twenty seven points. You know, Alcaraz wins a tiebreaker in the third set, just to be able to out Djokovic and Alcaraz, what fifth ever tournament on grass? It was just a sensational final. Did you watch any of this? How much did you pay attention throughout the tournament? Like what what do you what are your what is your reaction to all of this?
1: It was uh, I didn't really see any of it. Yet, but we were doing some other stuff. But Yeah, would be, it was he like twenty years old. So yeah. might be the next big star. He's been number one for a while. So yeah, yeah, because Nadal's done, Federer's done, Djokovic is the last one standing, and we'll see how long he can go as long as he continues to stay healthy. But once he's done, like what kind of happens to men's tennis? Because it's kind of, you know, you've had these three big stars for the last you know, 15 years or so, and once these guys are done, like, what happens? You know, like, like uh, you know, Serena Williams is done. And I can't even pronounce the names for the women. <laughs> I can't even pronounce them. I see them. You're, like, who is this? Like, who Ego. The hell is
0: this? Don't you know Ego Sviatic? Excuse
1: yourself, yes. <laughs> Bless you. Well, I mean, um, like, you have, like, so just. got these women, but yeah, kind of, okay, what happens when. Sherry Williams isn't around anymore. Well, you got, you know. Well, she's not going to be around for a
0: while. She's got—I uh, think she's pregnant with their second child.
1: Yeah, so she's done, You know, got Coco Golf. She's still nineteen. Right.
0: Madison Keys, Jessica Pagula. like there are some good American tennis players, but not—they—they they just seem to kind of fall. Like, they, they seem to pewter out after at the quarters. Like, they don't—they can't really advance to too much further past the semis.
1: Sloan Stevens is thirty. It's very old. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, tennis seems like it's the one sport where the longer it goes, the how better it is. When it goes, you know, four or five hours, people, oh my god, look at this match! It just continues to go. So, so I yeah. See you know, what happens at, at the US Open.
0: I saw that um, one. Like the prices for like two tickets. In one of like the the premier boxes or like uh, suites here at at Wimbledon for the men's final, we're going for like thirty one thousand dollars.
1: Like, that's what, what. would you pay? How much would you pay? And what would you want to go to? I don't think there's anything that I oh my I gotta go to the Super Bowl. I gotta
0: go to this. Well, if the Vikings were in the Super Bowl. I would, you know, like thirty-one thousand dollars is a lot of money. But if I had the money, like if I won the Powerball, the, you know, this billion-dollar Powerball, you know, thirty-one thousand dollars, of course, is nothing. Um, you know, if I had a decent amount of money, and you know that, I mean, thirty-one thousand is a lot. But I would say if the Vikings were in the Super Bowl, that would be something I would be willing, I think, to try and part with if I had the cash. Um,
1: That'd be about it. Man. Yeah,
0: I, you would have to be a die-hard and that, that that's the thing it's not like this was a i i saw you know I, or i heard you know some of the conversation going on you know post you know alcaraz winning like oh is this a changing of the guard which is an apt of uh, you know phrase considering that wimbledon is taking place in london but like oh is alcaraz is this a changing of the guard for men's tennis I'm like i don't think it is because you like I think he's got to beat Djokovic more consistently and in at least one more major before I can entertain that notion. I mean, he cramped up against Djokovic at the French Open and that wasn't even in the championship uh round was that the semis or the the quarters. So, I I, I need to see more from Alcaraz before I can say yes, you know, he is without a doubt, you know, he's taken uh the charge of of men's tennis, he's the one to beat. I can't say that right now. And because of that, I don't know if I would pay thirty-one thousand dollars for a match where it's not two greats going at one another. Yes, Alcaraz could be great, and he's he's very good player right now, number one in the world. But it's not like you have the the hardware to back it up, like uh, you know, like you would have if it was Djokovic versus Federer or Nadal. You know what I mean? Like if that were the case, then I could see you plumping thirty-one thousand dollars for two tickets. For Djokovic, Alcaraz, I I don't I just don't know if I could. Uh, that would not be worth plunking thirty one thousand dollars down for me.
1: I'll say this guy's the next guy. He's what he's twenty. Yes. yes, he's been number one for for a while now. So I'd say he is the next guy. I'll say he. Here's what I'll say. I'll say he's gonna win. Uh, he's gonna win at least ten major major tournaments. I'll, I'll go as much as outside ten.
0: Okay, you're going that.
1: I'll go I. will go ten. All right,
0: I'll go. I'll, I'll go at least double that. I wasn't going to, but you. Oh my god! My good fucking
1: Christ. Twenty. <laughs> I'm
0: going. I'm going there because. Okay. Right now.
1: God damn it! Right god now, damn it! You can you can you can make up for your mistakes. For decades past. I
0: know I can. I know I can. Rory McElroy, we'll get to here in a second. He's still haunts he was down me. injured 10 years. I know. I know. But who is. Who in men's tennis. So, like, Djokovic doesn't have many years left in tennis. He's got, you know, two, three years, maybe? Four tops. I just can't see him. Hanging yeah, around. I mean, he could win another 4 or 5. I, I could say winning 4 or 5. I, and I agree with that. But I'm just saying, like, after that, who no, is... he almost the, won. He almost won Sunday. I know. I know. But what I'm saying is, who outside of Alcarez or Djokovic, or, like, who outside of Djokovic is going to compete with Alcarez right now? I don't see anyone <laughs> on there. Like, at least when, when Djokovic was winning all his Grand Slam titles... It was he had to go against Nadal and and Federer, maybe Andy Murray to a degree, probably not. But like he had he had two really good competitors that he had to or rivals that he had to you know battle for these titles, these Grand Slams. I don't know who's going to be able to do that with Alcaraz once Djokovic steps aside.
1: Yeah, Federer was twenty, Nadal at twenty two, and Djokovic at twenty three. And even though maybe Federer is the best of the bunch, he's third. I just remember it was what 2001. It was what Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi threw U.S. Yes. Open. Yep. I think it was the finals, and every and, you know, and they were so old. They were talking about how old these guys are, mm-hmm. and they were thirty. <laughs> yep. Like Djokovic, who's what thirty-six, and the Dolan Federer, who went. What you know, mid to mid to late thirties, and what was it? Uh, Agassi and Sampras—they played in the nineteen ninety U.S. Open, and they also played in the two thousand two U.S. Open. I was like, yeah, these guys are. Right, it helps that they're both Americans, but I just remember that and think, oh, they're so old. They're like thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two. Like, it's weird to look back at that. And at the time, like, oh yeah, they're ancient. Mm-hmm. We were 14 years old at the time. Yep. But I look at it like, oh, yeah, they're... And they were on their last legs. But at the time, it was like, oh, yeah, they were really old.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
1: And that helps. Well, that's how you win 20 majors is that you continue to play at a high level into your mid-30s. So that's, that's how that can happen.
0: Yep. Yep. So uh, this is a it's certainly a good rivalry right now for men's tennis. You would like to see an American get in there. There was one American... Who uh, was it? Uh, what was his name? Eubank, something like that. That was good. that was a guy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. He did. He did some pretty good stuff. He made it to what? Like you know, like the the quarters or whatever. Good. Uh. He was a relative unknown, so that was good to see. Um. Yeah. Here it, he lost to Medvedev, who is the third-ranked tennis player in the world. Um. Yes. Hey, I've heard
1: of him. Yes, and that's about it. Maybe I've heard of a couple. of that. I've heard of Medvedev, yeah. uh
0: and who's that dumbass um, that is it? Kira- no,
1: Nick Nick Kira- 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 Yes,
0: yes, he's the one that he's kind of everybody.
1: Yeah, he had an injury, so he's Yeah, he didn't
0: play. On the women's side, we saw an eighty to one favorite win. Uh, I don't know, like, in terms of longest sh- odds or longest shots to win uh, a Grand Slam or win Wimbledon, but this is a uh, fairly significant and unranked player. Uh, Mariska Vandrusova, uh is your winner. She beat Anz Jabur. So, like, you're talking about how do you even pronounce some of these names here? Well, his- Anz! Good odds, good lord. Anjibor, uh, the sixth-ranked player on the women's side, one straight set, six four, six four. So it's just eighty to one odds. Unseeded, it's an incredible run for her. I think this is probably you know kind of a one and done sort of deal. I don't know how many more majors we're going to see Vondersova win. I know that Jabour has gotten into the championship match a couple of times now, two or three at least, and has not like, broke it through, and it's like, if you can't beat an unranked player, and you're losing straight sets, it's just like, when are you ever going to, like, this seemed like a great opportunity for her, but uh, kudos to der Silva for, for winning this one, um, yeah, it's just a, it's, it's not going to make, make nearly as many headlines as what Alcarez did with Djokovic, just because it was an epic five-set finale, but the fact that you have this unseeded 80-1 to one odd winner is uh, is significant as well.
1: Yeah, good, good to get a uh, get a wild card in there once in a while. Yep. Somebody who nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> exactly. I haven't heard of any of them.
0: Oh, no, I, I couldn't name you more than, like, five players on the women's side, I don't think.
1: I couldn't name you two. I, think I could name you three. You see, Pickleball I had Pickleball at Fenway Park this weekend. What? No shit. Then, uh, so CBS Sports Network, they got a lot of Pickleball. Wow. The uh, Fenway Park, know,
0: yeah, Fenway Park. Jiminy so, Christmas. That's, yeah. that's insane. That is insane. Uh do we want to go baseball or golf next? Golf. Golf? Okay. Major uh the Open Championship is this week at Royal Liverpool. Rory McElroy has won at Royal Liverpool before. He won at the Scottish Open last week. Who knows if that you know creates any momentum? at all um yeah, thunder all right thunder. oh you got some thunder in mitchell right now that's good um, well, let's take a look at radar here ah we're gonna get n- a little bit we are gonna get a little bit all right well you know what it's nice that chet holmgren can come through the area here
1: good good get his ass in <laughs> good, good, good. sprinkle we're gonna miss the majority of oh that
0: sucks boo <laughs> boo well, we, we need you to get some rain there. Uh, but we have the Open Championship. Again, Royal Liverpool. Rory McElroy's won here before. He has not won in nine years, though. He has not won a major in nine years. So there's plenty of pressure on him. Seems like there's more pressure on him at this tournament. Certainly there will be when it's at Royal Portrush. Is that either next year or the year after? That's in Ireland, Northern Ireland, you know, where, where Rory's from. So that is something to keep an eye on. I you know for this turn, I love this tournament because it's link style golf. Uh the weather can change at any time. We haven't really had a lot of significant weather, like rain and wind, at this tournament in recent years. I don't know if that's gonna happen this year or not, but it's just the mere fact that it can happen. Like what's happening on hole four, right? Oh, it's sunny and everything, and all of a sudden it could be windy and rainy on hole ten. Like that's what you get at the course, it just changes so quickly. Again, I like the link style. I like just I just like how it looks. I like how it plays. It's my favorite tournament. You can get up at uh, 3 a.m. Central Standard Time on Thursday and Friday. USA Networks got it. You could get up even earlier if you want to watch it on Peacock. Not going to. But with that all being said, you know we've seen uh, you know, like Colin Morikawa win it a couple years ago. Who was it Cameron Smith won it last year? Uh, the Australian, uh, the guy with the mustache. Uh, and that was why I think wasn't was not Rory? Like he all, all he had to get was like a birdie or two, and he just kept parring, parring, parring. Like he he left that door open, so that was an opportunity for Rory to win last year. I think, or was it him or Jordan Spieth? One of the two. Um, pretty sure it was Rory though. Uh, so
1: third uh, last year.
0: So I you just again all eyes are going to be on Rory for this. I'm not gonna go with a big hitter. I'm not. You can't go with a Brooks Kepka or a Bryson DeChambeau, any of these long hitters, because if you're inaccurate, you're gonna get caught in some tall shit. You're gonna get into some of these pot-belly bunkers, which are very difficult to get out of. I, you know, Jordan Spieth's won it here. Like I said, Colin Morikawa's won an Open Championship before. Rory's won it. I have the sneaking suspicion that Victor Hovland might win it this year. He's come close in a number of majors here lately. I would prefer Rory win it, but I, I just, I'm going with Victor Hovland to to win it this year. I think.
1: Yeah, I like Cam Smith with his creepy mustache. Ah, you got him. Um, I always like the uh, like the Open because there's random guys I've never heard of that finish well guys from from Europe that you know who's this random dude I don't know oh you know Scotty Scheffler's good yeah it's, you know he's like, real, Roy been on a good run here he's been awfully awfully close mm-hmm so easy pick John Rahm's boring but good I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go with Xander Shoffley okay I'll go with him all right has he ever? Has he won a major? Maybe he's won one. I Feel like he maybe won one. Has he won one? Uh
0: maybe. I know Ricky Fowler hasn't. Uh, it kind of seems he, like uh, him and he, Schaffler are tied
1: for second. Tied for second, twenty nineteen Masters and the two thousand eighteen British Open. So he has had two runners up finishes in major. So he's gonna. And the first thing is uh, Google asks, is Andrew Schaafley black or white? Uh, oh my gosh. He's <laughs> a French, German, and Taiwanese mother who grew up in Japan. So it appears that he's uh, more Asian than that's an odd combination. It
0: is. It is. He's
1: an American to me. He's an American to me. So
0: well I mean think about that like if you were to do one of those like uh 23 and me or you know those DNA tests uh, like uh, ancestrycom what's what's the percentages that he's going to get and like just no, uh, uh, random combinations. so let's see here who I mean we got I, I here's one of the best names here uh, that you're gonna have uh, jazz John wantanand uh, I think he's from
1: is he from jazz, all right yeah uh, well, not, yeah. Nacho Elvira.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, that's always one of the good. I mean, there's like 153 people in this deal here. I like. Uh, I've
1: heard of this guy Bjorn Bjorn Olsen. Yes. Yes. Bjorn Bjorn
0: Bjorn. Yeah, and you get a lot of guys from the European tour here. You know, here we got a uh, Nikolai Holgard. Holgard. There we go. Um, Juice Luton. Ah, yeah, I mean I mean who who hasn't uh been with Juice Luton? How about uh Aki Stridum from South Africa?
1: Or John Daly. Well yeah. Yeah. When does he, is Slut draw? Before or after the fifth pull of round
0: Does he it, it, does he is he gonna get a carton? Can he have his doctor or his uh diet coke or diet Pepsi, whatever I mean, he drinks?
1: Yeah, I, think, I think he's gonna
0: have to walk this one. Oh, oof, that's gonna be tough. Here we got. Uh, here we got uh, Shubankar Sharma from India. There, that's the guy.
1: Um, I don't. I
0: don't know. No, no idea here. Uh, interestingly enough, we have uh, Victor Hovland and Rory McIlroy back to back tee time. So those are the uh, at 8:48 uh, Central Standard Time, I believe. Uh, Victor Hovland will tee off and. At 8.59, it'll be Rory McIlroy. And you got John Rahm in there, Colin Morikawa. Wow. Uh, this, you got Tony Finau in there. The eight, like just in a half-hour span, you got Colin Morikawa, John Rahm, Justin Rose, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, Tony Finau, and Keegan Bradley, who's been playing really well. That's all within a half-hour of each other um, playing. Max Holm is in there, too. Phil Mickelson, right at- That's a... That's an outstanding half hour of uh, tea times there and, and pairings. Late to late morning here, you're going to watch that. That's going to be an outstanding TV on Thursday.
1: Craziest thing I almost ever saw was when Tom Watson almost won.
0: I so wanted him to win that. Um... But
1: Stuart Sink won. It was a four-hole playoff. It uh, was not close. Uh, Stuart Sink was two under. Tom Watson was four over. What was he? 60? He was 60 years old at the time. Yep.
0: And he had a chance to win it on the 18th and he missed. Like, it it was so close to dropping.
1: Incredible. Just incredible. He hadn't won a major in 26 years. The last time he'd won was 1983. And just unbelievable. And.
0: Was is it also? What
1: about, what, what
0: about, what about. I, I I don't remember if it's that tournament, but there was another tournament as uh, at the another Open Championship as well, where I think is it, was it um, Miguel Angel Jimenez uh, with the, yeah. the the Spanish guy with uh, you know he always has the cigars, um, oh. and he hit a chip shot off the wall and it landed on the green. Do you remember that one?
1: Yes. Yes, you get, you get these weird shots, you get these bunkers where it's just, yeah, golf that we just
0: don't I need mean, to. It, it, it's one of the best shots I've ever seen. Uh, I believe it's Miguel Angel Jimenez. Let me, I'm pretty sure that's, yeah. but uh, that, I mean, that's what the opportunity, there's so much creativity with a lot of these shots too. Um, it, it's just a wonderful tournament, and plus, the tournament gets done early enough in the day for you to still do stuff in the afternoon and the
1: evening. And it'd be interesting just to play a course like that just to see what, what would happen. Could you find your ball if you hit it in this crap that they have sometime?
0: It is a bucket list item for me to go over to Scotland to play golf. Hopefully at St Andrews, but just at the birthplace of golf. I want to golf in Scotland. Want to look tour some castles as well. But that is a bucket list trip for me.
1: I Every mean, I guess we just don't have that over here, right?
0: No, we don't. We don't at all. So I'm going with Victor Hovland to win. You are going with Xander Shoffley. Uh, but the what? Open Championship, Peacock USA Network and NBC, NBC will have a lot of coverage on Saturday and Sunday. USA. And the good
1: thing is, you know, when you, when you got the leaders on Saturday and Sunday, it's like, you know, 7, 8 o'clock. Yep. 7 o'clock, it's like a nice time when you get up at a normal time. It's right there for you. You don't got to wait till 2 or 3 in the afternoon.
0: Exactly. That's what I mean. You have your whole day ahead of you, which is yeah. great. Which is Very great. good. Yeah. So looking forward to that on Thursday. Like I said, the Women's World Cup, that starts on Thursday as well. So you have two big world events going on right now let's go to baseball though uh all-star game last week the nl won it uh a no-name player from the rockies rockies blown all-star hits a two-run home run in the eighth inning uh to lift the nl to their first all-star game win in nine years that's pretty impressive and then the rockies win two out of three from the yankees uh thoughts on the all-star game thoughts on what we saw from the weekend the the twins sweep the a's but it it wasn't a convincing sweep it didn't look good i mean they blew a six run lead in one game It just i don't know like i don't know it's great that you sweep the a's and the the guardians get swept by the rangers but i don't leave that weekend feeling confident at all in the twins like it, it just it wasn't a confidence boosting series win just the way it just the way it transpired.
1: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't clean. It wasn't dominant, but they won. So rough start for Bailey. Over he's given up, but three runs, six hits in the first inning. So the Twins are down three to two in the second inning. Cleveland won today. So if the Twins lose, they will be back at five hundred with forty eight and forty there It'll be a game up on Cleveland if they lose tonight. You just feel like this thing's going to come down to the absolute final weekend, if not the final game of the year. Like, they're they're not good enough to to win six, seven in a row to get some distance between them and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And you know, Buxton's one of his last 31. He's just in a horrible, terrible slump. Sonny Gray got knocked around in the fifth inning last night. First four innings were good. Joe Ryan's been knocked around a little bit. Offense has been picking it up. They put Carlos Correa in the leadoff spot for some goddamn reason. That's been appearing to be very good. Mm-hmm. So it was up to now 08 235, which is a lot better than 210. So offense starting to pick things up a little bit here, but you feel like 83, 84 wins is going to win this division.
0: Maybe not even.
1: <laughs> I, I I saw something, so some, I like this idea. if. If your division winner is worse than a last-place team in another division, you don't get it to be in the playoffs. Ooh. Because right now the AL East, the last-place team, is better than the Twins. See? Been like that for much of the year. The Yankees are in last place. They are two games better than Minnesota. So, yeah, if you've got a last-place team in another division,
0: you probably shouldn't get it. Check out Cbsports.com. And their MLB power rankings. I can't remember the guy who oh. does it, but he he has this little uh, conversation before the rankings about the the worst team ever to win a division and the best team, the best last place team ever. Oh. And it's it's just interesting the the lists and stuff. Like I, there's one well, where
1: the, the eighty seven Twins, but then they won the whole thing.
0: Yeah. And there's there's one, I think uh, one year not too long ago where the Braves won 90 games as a first place team and the Nationals won 81 and they were last. I mean it, and that so that tells you kind of how how good that division was then or how even it all was. there like you know the 2008 Padres or something like 82 and 80. there are some bad teams in there that of one division but i would yeah, go to cbsports.com They yeah, have good. that that's
1: that's interesting I feel, like, I feel like the last place team in the al east is going to be above 500 could could uh, right now I me mean, right now the yankees are last and they're 5 games over the red Sox uh, red Sox are fourth they're 6 games over baltimore is a game behind tampa baltimore's caught tampa bay about that.
0: They're getting bounced around by the Dodgers here so far this week. Yeah. But you know, when we were talking at the beginning of the season with how great Tampa Bay was, it's like, oh, I mean there's they're so good. Like, is Baltimore is obviously very good, but is this a testament to how good Baltimore is, or maybe how average Tampa Bay has played lately, and maybe just how you know that that hot start maybe that's not indicative of just how good Tampa Bay is as a team in totality.
1: Yeah, it was very very hot start, unsustainable, but they can still win you know ninety five games or even hundred games, get close to that. Right, but we
0: never even thought that there was a team that was going to come close to them for the division.
1: No, no, no yeah, now they're a game uh, they're going to lose to texas and baltimore's going to lose to the dodgers so it's going to stay the game difference but yeah like texas texas is only uh three games back of them for the one seed so yeah they, they don't have anything sewn up right now toronto's only six back so they, they've come back to earth quite a bit uh, here in the last uh month to six
0: weeks and it's it's fascinating to me to see the Yankees come out and lose 2 of 3 to the last place Rockies. The Rockies are not a good team. And they lose to the Angels on Monday. They could be... They, they're down right now to the Angels right now on Tuesday. Like, this is... The Angels are good. You know, my trout's out. Uh, Shohei Itani lighting it up still. And it doesn't sound like the Angels are going to trade him. Or at least not trade him to the Dodgers. But this is still not a good Angels team. This every team goes through this this kind of stretch. But this is would be is this a little alarming that the Yankees are losing to teams like the Rockies and the Angels coming out of the all-star break?
1: Yeah, they can't hit. They fired their hitting coach. They still can't hit. Their offense isn't what we expect from the Yankees. Like, you know, they traded for Stanton years ago. That's been a disaster. He's always hurt. Mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson's old and hurt and awful. The Twins, for the Twins to get rid of Josh Donaldson, was just a magnificent move. Yeah, just to get rid of him for even nothing would have been great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Yankees are old and they're hurt and they can't hit. Yeah, so it's too bad, too damn bad. Yeah, we're
0: we're very and, and,
1: and if they miss the playoffs, uh, Aaron Boone probably gets fired. So. Would, right now, they're only two and a half back, but...
0: I think a team that didn't want the All-Star break to happen would be the Cincinnati Reds. They've come out of the All-Star break, have not looked good. Uh, Got swept by the Brewers, I believe, right, in Cincinnati. Uh,
1: um, yeah, here's dumb scheduling. Brewers and Reds played a three-game series right before the All-Star break, Then they played each other right again after. There's no reason to do that.
0: Well, it's kind of like the... The the football. twins playing the Orioles twice in the span of a week right before the All Star break.
1: Once in a while you'll get a you know, one weekend here and then next weekend there, you'll see that often. But this is just stupid. Yeah. Just stupid. Like don't don't do that. The twenty
0: twenty four baseball schedule came out.
1: Uh I was your, your prediction, I forgot to ask. How were your uh you got 20 of the one sixty-two right?
0: Yes, yes, I think so. I think so. Um, sure. Interesting, though. It, it it does look like there are a couple months towards the back end of the season for the Twins, September and August, or September and July, where they get a solid number of home games, which well, is which could be good, um, if you if they're in contention. But uh, it just now that you have. Even scheduling, it doesn't matter, I guess, as much uh, because every team plays everyone. But uh, just interesting to see how the schedule all kind of lays out. But I, I do like that the Twins get a lot more home games towards the back half, the second half of the season.
1: You've got to look at the schedule now and say, okay, who, there's like destinations if I want to go to see them because I want to see this team. Yep. You uh, to they to play, play the Dodgers right away? their first home series mm-hmm. of the Dodgers, so that's in early April. Sure that would be uh, something to see them. Uh, they start in Kansas City, like, March 28th. Yep. And we want to go down to Nashville next year. We're going to do that. And that'd be a good stop, because Nashville can get awfully hot.
0: hmm
1: We can go there, you know, late March, early April, uh, go to Kansas City. Twins Royals. Yes. Season open for a first stop. That'd be good good thing. Uh, they host Cleveland at Target Field April 4th for their home opener. Hey, uh, Miami at the end of the year. It's been a long time since the Marlins. It's been like seven, eight years since the Marlins have been to Minnesota. And the, uh, I mean, Bryce Harper, the only stadium he's not played in is Target Field. Really? I believe, because yeah, the Phillies haven't been there in like seven, eight years. So, yeah, a few teams that you know, every two years you'll get to see, see every team. So it'll be cool.
0: That is nice. It's kind of like, with you know, I think with these college football conferences too now, oh. the, the, they're expanding now every, they're going to try and get it. So you play every team once every two years and that, Everybody gets to see, you know, you're going to play a home game against every team in the conference once at least every four years. So, yeah, it, I think that's Ooh. that's good there. Anything else baseball-related we need to get to?
1: Oakland, what's Oakland on pace for here? Oakland's on pace to to lose 120. 120 is kind of that magic number. Right now they're on pace to go 42-120. Woof. And they went did they have like, what is that, a seven or eight game winning streak in there? They did, yep. That's a They're they're 25 and 71.
0: So that means outside of that seven game win streak, 18 and 71 in 89 games. (laughs)
1: That is unfathomable. The Royals, not much better, two and a half games better.
0: Royals are at least a little more competitive, I feel like.
1: Maybe. The, um,. Tigers, White Sox, Royals. They are the three of the four worst teams in the American League, and they're all in the same division. And, how and do... born, I guess Cleveland, Cleveland sided with the Angels, so the the AL Central has four of the five worst teams in the league.
0: And how do the White Sox go to Atlanta and win two out of three?
1: Like, yeah, they beat the Braves. Baseball, yeah. it happens. It happens.
0: It does. Diamondback yeah. beat the Braves Tuesday night, 16-13.
1: Ooh. Yeah, that was a wild goddamn game. Holy hell. 16-13. Yeah. yeah.
0: The Braves were so good and coming out of the All-Star break, eh, not so good.
1: Because I think the National League, League wild Card race could be really good. Mm-hmm. Giants leading it in one game up on the Phillies. Phillies, Arizona, Miami all tied for the last two spots. You got Cincinnati two and a half back so yeah so again um there's going to be uh, unlike in other sports even though baseball has expanded this playoff here there's going to be uh, a good team or two that gets left out so
0: the al Central is going to be a good race potentially down to the last weekend of the season for all the bat for all the wrong reasons
1: <laughs> yeah Cleveland worked, uh worked the O five 5 Padres were 82 and 80. And yeah. they won the division, so yeah. hopefully they can at least win eighty-two games.
0: So that's baseball. Their first weekend, of course, we'll keep tabs on everything here as it unfolds. We got the trade deadline; that's August first, I believe. So we'll see if Shohei does get traded. Well, yeah. uh, I'm sure. Okay.
1: He's... Okay. What would you do? You're the Angels. What would you do?
0: <sighs> that's so tough.
1: Because, to me, it's not tough at all. Would you you would trade him? You trade him. You're not any good. You're what one game under five hundred. You are how many games out of this playoff race? You're not winning your division. You are five and a half out of the wild card race.
0: But then you like you have no chance on signing him then in the off season.
1: No, and I don't think they do anyway.
0: Then I would so trade him. Gonna, like if you he's know not he's not going to re-sign with you then you got to trade him. It seems like like he, the 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 ovation he got in Seattle, that makes a lot yeah. of sense to go to Seattle considering also that Ichiro went there. I think Seattle's well, the favorite.
1: He's not going to come back. You're not making the playoffs. You're not a contender at all. You're not even going to finish above 500 again like you never do. Like you always do. And so do you want to be known as the owner or GM who traded the greatest baseball player ever? Or do you want to be known as the guy who just let him go for nothing? Right. It's like, they go, oh, you traded him. Well, yes. We're not winning. We're not going anywhere. He's not coming back. So why would you not get something for him?
0: Well, they've already said they won't trade him to the Dodgers.
1: But you might fucking sign with the Dodgers anyway. It's just...
0: Right, but I'm just saying they aren't going to trade him to the Dodgers... Uh, Like who? Again, I
1: think a a team that's set up to trade for, and really, he's you know, if you only get him for two months, it's probably not even worth it.
0: Okay, like Baltimore. Does Baltimore make any sense?
1: Yes, Baltimore. They got all the prospects. They got all these guys. Uh, For their sake, it's probably not worth it to do that because they're set up for success here for a few years with. Yep. A lot of young players. Cincinnati. They, you're wondering what is it going to take to get him. Mm-hmm. And he's got his blister problem on his finger at the moment. So We talked about Cincinnati,
0: about their prospects well, that are coming up. Would they, should they make a trade for him? It's got to be almost like a Mets, Yankees, Dodgers sort of deal. I just think Seattle's going to make the most sense in the, in the offseason if they can land him somehow.
1: He should get $500 million. Yeah, he should. Absolutely. For what he's doing, again, we'll see who wants to... It seemed like the Padres wanted to give everybody $300 million last year. Yes. So we'll see who... Yeah, you'd expect it to be the Dodgers, the Yankees, you know, if Seattle's interested. You expect there to be about four or five teams that would want to make that commitment.
0: Based on how he was... Taken aback, kind of, by the the reception he got at the All Star game with the Seattle uh-huh. fans chanting, you know, come to Seattle and whatnot," and then just thinking about it more, the fact that they have eat that Ichiro was such a big part of that franchise for so long. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I'm not trying to you know be racist here, but is it Seattle's got a lot more like Asian, a larger Asian population, right?
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of Asian players that have been with the Mariners, and I'm sure that is one of the reasons.
0: I think I think that would make a lot of sense then for him to go and say, I just don't know if he's going to go to the East Coast. I think it's going to be a you team. Like whenever
1: a, a Japanese player comes over, they usually end up you know, in Boston, New York, or out in Los Angeles yes. or Seattle. Yes. Yes. It's all, yes, Or San Diego. It's always California or the coast. Or it's always the Northeast Coast. They never come to. They never. They usually don't come to St. Louis. Right. Yep. I mean, they are not playing in uh, in Colorado. Yep.
0: Masataka Yoshida is a great player for Boston this year. Uh, we've yeah. seen players for um, like uh, for uh, for New York in the past. Um, I just, yeah, I think Shohei's gonna. I I would after last week, I'm gonna say Seattle is gonna be the favorite. I think that's the ultimate landing destination.
1: For him, that will be a big uh, and for him, you know, you, like if he does what he can do, sure, I would paid fifty million. We'll see how long he can keep this up. You know, hitting fifty home runs. hmm It's exciting. See what he can do. Um, but
0: if you're a team like Baltimore or Cincinnati, you wouldn't give up the farm for him, considering he's well, probably not going to be with you more than two months. Like it, it the the short yeah. term, the nearsightedness of just trying to get to the playoffs this year. You, you can't sacrifice everything because of the long-term uh, vision that you have and the likelihood that you'll be very good yeah. for a long time with these prospects.
1: Like, the Reds might not even make the playoffs. Like, if you're Baltimore, I feel like, you know, you could maybe uh, make something happen. Mm-hmm. All right, this is it. You know, Tampa Bay's struggling. we so got still got two and a half months to go. But I feel like the American, the, the American League is winnable. You know, Texas, Houston, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, Baltimore, Tampa, you feel like, you know, Toronto. It's pretty much the entire field right there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Houston, it's going to be hard to go against them. But if it's not Houston, it's going to be maybe a different team for once. Tampa was in there a couple years ago, but. And, you know, if if Baltimore were to get in there or Toronto or. Or the Rangers. It's been, what, maybe 10 years since the Rangers have been there. So, Yep. Somebody's got to prove to me to beat the Braves. It seems like the team that's the favorite just doesn't ever get there. Mm-hmm. But the Braves have been so impressive that you know, maybe the Phillies knock them off again. But we'll see. So, yep. yeah, right now it's, it's the Braves and everybody else.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Um, I'm still waiting for the men's basketball schedule to come out last year. It didn't come out until September for the Jackrabbit men. Um, I would assume that's, it's going to be mid to late August before they announce it again. Uh, But I do follow, you know, Twitter and they have several college basketball scheduling um, accounts. Uh, Yep, It does sound like the, the Jackrabbits may play Wyoming Uh, Southern Miss potentially got a couple of uh, Big Sky event. So the the Jackrabbits. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of Power Five teams this year, but there's going to be a lot of good mid majors, which I think is a a good test for them. But we'll see what happens when that all comes out. The women's schedule will come out before that. But in you know in the various checking that I am doing regarding schedules and whatnot, I came across. I know we do this when more so. At the beginning of the college basketball season, we look at some of these ridiculous schedules and teams that that these guys are playing. Like, what the hell is this school? I've never heard of them. Travis, I come across McNeese State out of the Southland.
1: Well, he's got a murderer's row of, uh, of teams lined up to come down to McNeese State.
0: Yep, to Lake Charles, Louisiana. How about November 10th? McNeese State against College of Biblical Studies.
1: What a fucking show.
0: First ever meeting between the two schools. How about well, no,
1: how
0: about November? Of, uh, yeah,
1: what type of yeah, what type of a team do they got? I don't like, like I I don't know. I, mean, that's, I I'm working at their schedule from last year. It's not that bad. There are are two. Last year they played Champion Christian.
0: Yeah, they're playing them again this year, November 13th.
1: Well, they're playing and they put an exhibition against Ecclesia. ECC Elysia. So those are all two bad ones, despite that. Everything else looks good.
0: Well, they're playing Champion Christian on November 13th
1: rivalry renewed. Yes,
0: fifth meeting between the two schools, McNeese leads the series 4-0. They won 10-54 last year. How about yeah. the very next day? How about playing Leturno or whatever the hell, however the hell you say that. First ever meeting between the two schools. Leturno. It was a
1: school.
0: Yep. <laughs> Same here. How about I think this and then this is my favorite one here. This is the last one um This one makes me laugh. It really does. How about Mississippi University for Women on December 5th? What
1: the fuck? I assume it's men's team.
0: Yes. Apparently, this Mississippi University for Women school has men. Well, then why in the hell is it called Mississippi University for Women?
1: What in the fuck is this?
0: First ever meeting between the two schools. I am not trying I'm not disparaging the school the the Mississippi University for Women. You
1: may, you may want to you may want to have a name change. You may want to think
0: about a name change. I don't understand this at all. Like it, I think, No,
1: I do not uh not you they say- the Owls? The Owls? This is a Division 3. They call it the W. They are the Owls the, the the W athletics, I guess. The uh where do you? I mean, that's got to be a hard recruit, isn't
0: it? I would think so. And if you if you have a all women's school, I think there are you know there are a couple. Are there still a couple of just like
1: all like women's schools? I sure are, but like they, they got men's men's everything here besides football. They got men's baseball, basketball, everything else. Like in
0: Saint Cloud, I think it's a. Is it a Saint Benedict or, or? Oh man, I gotta yeah. I gotta find it. Like Saint John's used to be like a. They get all men's college, and then there's one like a, another one in Saint Joseph that's, uh, like I I don't yeah it's it, it's another yeah Saint College of Saint Benedict I believe was primarily like an all all women school for for a while. Um, let's see. Oh you
1: know? uh, yeah, college for white girls. later Mississippi State College for Women. I, uh, if, it's, if it's no longer just for women, which it's not, then why are we keeping this name? Exactly. Like, how I I would, it's I would have eighty percent these... women. 18% men. There are maybe 2,000 people 1,800 that go here. <laughs> I, we're
0: going to see a lot of weird... Schools, a lot of D2, a lot of D3 schools. That they say, uh, South Dakota State, no, no less, will or no doubt will be playing a D2, D3, you know, D- Dakota Wesley and someone like that. I don't think we will see a ran a more random and more ridiculous game, a, conf- a a non-conference game, not an exhibition, but a game that counts towards the standings. Then McNeese State against the Univer uh, the, the Mississippi. University for Women men's team. It does not make sense. Yeah,
1: man, that's an all timer. Yeah, that's you wouldn't you wouldn't expect to see that on a schedule.
0: I saw it. I couldn't. This could not wait until the start of college basketball. I had to bring this up tonight with you because I knew out of anyone, you would get a big kick out of that one.
1: Yeah, that's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, that is. That's what I've not heard of them. A lot, a lot of them out there. Not heard of. Not heard
0: of them. And for them, for for McNeese State, to play those three schools in your
1: non-conference. Something better out there's gotta be. There,
0: there's has to be. Well, they have new head coach Will Wade. Used to be at LSU. He got in some trouble there, so that's why he got fired. Uh, he suspended for the first ten games of the season. Is that why you? put together, like, they don't play any... What do you get out of that? What do you get out of
1: beating a team by 50?
0: I I don't know. Like, you got... You got Western Carolina, Texas State, Louisiana Tech, UAB, Tennessee Martin, uh, Southern Miss, Louisiana Lafayette, and then at Michigan. Like, they're, some of those schools are fine. Those are fine schools, you know, for, for McNeese State because it's higher level of competition pretty much for all of them. Because the Southland is one of is one of the lower lowest conferences in college basketball, but it's not like you're. It's Power Five. The only Power Five school you're playing is Michigan, and that like, and you're mixing all these other crap schools. Like, <sighs>
1: it'd be fun to put together a schedule. Who's willing to come here? Who can we make a deal with? When SESU's playing Towson and at the Pentagon?
0: Yes. Yep. And and Towson. <laughs> I, I, I forgot to mention, like, Towson's a very good mid-major. They, they're going to be one of the favorites in the CAA this year.
1: That's a very yeah, good if game. I have to teams in Sioux Falls to get them here, i would be willing to do that a couple times a year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Weird. I, I, now I got to look because I shouldn't say that SDSU would never put together that random of a schedule because I feel like it was either last year or a couple of years ago. That their schedule was, had just some wolves. Well, so I'm not talking swag or meak because we've we've seen that before if that happens it, it it's fine it, it it's what what it needs to be they played last year they played Mount Marty and Bellevue or they were hey, going
1: Mount to, yanked in there AIA. yep
0: Bellevue's in Bellevue? Nebraska that game did get postponed so
1: yeah these are just you're just like you don't get it what do you get from this you're better off not even having a game. You make a few bucks on ticket sales, I guess.
0: Well, it doesn't. It doesn't help for your RPI or you know the the net ranking. Like well, it doesn't really factor in at all. I'm looking now at the at the another year. Uh, they had uh, twenty-one, twenty-two. They played presentation, which is now at no longer University Minnesota Morris.
1: Yeah, they usually play those. You know. Nai schools, Division two, Like, don't want to play Division two because that could be somewhat competitive, though. So I can't, say, play? Th- yeah,
0: I can't say, like, you know, I can't completely throw McNeese State under the bus here, but that is...
1: Well, no, that, that's, I mean, Division three. you should never play
0: Division III. And, no, and that's four games for their schedule, three or four, co- like, non-conference games. Like, that's a significant portion. Like, I... I, I
1: how about this? How about McNeese State plays SDSU? Well, Instead of playing Mount Marty and uh, Minnesota Morris and the Women's College of Mississippi, how <laughs> about you play each other? Instead of all these schools playing these shit teams, how about you play each other? Oh, I can't find the game. I can't find the game. Here's a game for you right here. SDSU. McNeese State.
0: There you go. I mean, pick, I, pick your we're still waiting for the SDSU versus SDSU game that likely will never happen. Of bitches. We can only hope. Speaking of SDSU, I guess there's one other thing I have, and then if there's anything else you have, we'll get to it. Um, there's been a, a, the denial by NDSU and SDSU that uh, there was something that the Montana athletic director said last week about how SDSU and NDSU have tried to get in the Mountain West. The Dakota schools have denied it, but uh, then. I don't
1: believe they're trying to get in the West.
0: Well, Tom, then Dom Izzo, who I'm not a fan of at all, from WDAY. Oh yeah,
1: Dom Izzo. Yeah, what a stunner
0: that is. Uh, Dom Izzo from WDAY uh, TV in Fargo said that you know, he he posted specifically
1: a specifically emphasis on the why.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Why? What's the point?
0: Um, he posted a clip from an interview at the Summit League tournament with Justin Cell, and Cell said that it like he can't envision. NDSU and SDSU not playing each other and not like not being paired with one another. So that would seem to indicate that if no. where, where NDSU goes, SDSU will follow. Because it's not going to be SDSU goes and NDSU goes. That, that's not the brand, at least not right now. It's NDSU far more popular because of the football program. SDSU can keep you know, like, keep chiseling into that. Legacy, like, if they win another championship this year and and years down and and more down the line but right now NDSU is that name that people would want SDSU though would follow it's it's not the other way around no one's chasing SDSU it's they're they're chasing NDSU but to me you know for them to, for uh, another FCS p- school, you know the, the team from the Big Sky in Montana, for an a- athletic director or someone to say that, I don't think he's just saying it to say it. There's has to be some talk about it, some interest. But you think he's full of crap? Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't believe it at all. Because when you're the Mountain West, like you're going to look to pick the bones of the Pac-12 when that goes belly up, whenever that happens. Mm-hmm. you are going to look to get those teams that don't go to the Big 12 or wherever else. So I don't think... It'd be nice to go to the Mountain West. Probably the fits, but I don't see that. I don't see that happening anytime soon.
0: No, it, yeah, it's just... It was interesting to me that it came up the way it did, and then the, the NDSU and SDSU both denied it. But there's, there's got to be something there. they got to be looking to move... I would think, at some point, or seeing what their options are. But to me, a trip from Sioux Falls to Honolulu just isn't practical.
1: It would be fun. It
0: would. It would, especially in the winter. Especially in the winter. Uh, anything that you have at all?
1: Got a couple of stats. Oh, right. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, quarterback Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Has more career rushing yards than Bo Jackson. What? It's not by a lot. It's by like 8 or 10 or 20 yards, but. You no, know, Bo Jackson didn't play a long time, but Jim Harbaugh has more rushing yards than Bo Jackson.
0: Holy shit.
1: And uh, one other stat which was quite incredible. Who is the NFL's all time leading receiver? 40 years and older. Hmm. Probably who you're thinking of, and you should... And what what the surprise is, who's number two?
0: Okay, so should I say Jerry Rice?
1: Jerry Rice holds all the records for, you know, over 40, under 40, the whole deal. Okay. So what player holds the record for most, I guess, receiving yards over 40, Who comes in number two?
0: Two names come to mind, and I don't know if either played in their 40s. I'd say Isaac Bruce or or Art Monk.
1: Number two on the list is not a receiver at all or a running back. It is a quarterback. What? He caught a pass last year. His name is Tom Brady. Holy shit. There have been only two players in the history of the NFL to catch a pass where they've been forty or older. Wow! Jerry Rice got one hundred and sixty-one for twenty-one hundred yards. Tom Brady caught one of six. Wow! So nobody else. Yeah, most receiving yard by a player player forty or older: it's Jerry Rice, and Tom Brady caught one this year. And yep. That puts him two on number two on the list. So, yeah, you got to play a long time there.
0: Well, then may I just say that uh, Jerry Rice is the only uh, player 40-plus years old to catch a pass on North American soil, and Tom Brady's the only one to catch a a, pass when he's 40-plus years old on German soil.
1: Uh, The Germany game he did that? Yes, I believe so. The oldest international ever. What a deal! Yep. Well, there was a Twitter thread a couple of weeks ago that had said, "Oh, it's an NFL stat that is unbelievable." That
0: is unbelievable.
1: A couple of <laughs> like, and they were real. So they good, did good job on that. And have you heard of this immaculate grid?
0: I have. Yes.
1: I think they're going to come up with a, a basketball or football one. I would hope. Uh, sports Reference took it over here last week or so.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so whoever made it, good for them, a great little app and game you can play where yes. you have to match. Yes. Uh, you know, this guy played for this team and that team, this mm-hmm. team and that team. So, yeah, do that and do that for all the sports. Great fun.
0: Right, have you uh, – do you keep doing Hoopa dupa every day?
1: Every, not every day, but once in a while, yeah. I haven't done it this week yet. But, yeah, kind of in that similar uh, – Similar category of yes. guessing, guessing teams and guessing uh, players.
0: I don't think I would be very good. I certainly wouldn't be good at Immaculate Grid for baseball. I would be decent, I think, at football, but I, I can't say for certain. Basketball, there's usually, no.
1: There's usually one on the baseball that always trips me up. Mm-hmm. So, what is this? Story? Let's see. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see what today is. Can we get to today's immaculate grid for know, if it's the twins that always helps and um, let's see i believe we only got like seven today seems like uh, the pirates are tough the royals are tough mm-hmm. you don't know really think of teams players with them all right the phillies and the yankees
0: Ryan Man, How- give- Ryan
1: Howard? No. And it gives you the answers. D.D. Um, Gregorius is the most popular answer.
0: Oh, um
1: So, you... that, it gives you who the most popular answer is. Okay. Um, I did not get one. I did not get one for Phillips Yankees. I was gonna say there's been hundred and seventy five players that have played for the Yankees in the Phillips.
0: Um DJ LeMayhew, or did he just play for the Rockies and the Yankees?
1: The Rockies-Yankees. Okay. How about the Brewers-Yankees? No idea. C.C. Sabathia. What? C.C. Oh, the... Sabathia, he was traded to the Brewers yes. for, for a short time. Yeah. Um, Who did I come up with? I came up with uh, Luke Voigt, a first baseman. And then it also wants you to do a Yankee and a Silver Slugger, meaning the best hitter at this position. And there's been, what, 23 of them. And Aaron Judge was the most popular answer. Okay. So, yeah, things like that. Marlins in a Silver Slugger, there's been 11. Oh, Bobby Bonilla. It's got to be Bobby oh, Bonilla. got <laughs> uh, Stan, Stan was the most popular one. And then Mariner's Silver Slugger, there's been seven. Ken Griffey Jr. was the most popular answer. Yep. I assume A-Rod would be in there. Maybe E. row. So, I I thoroughly enjoy this immaculate I think It's uh, an outstanding, outstanding invention. Yes,
0: for sure. Oh, de- definitely. Edgar Martinez. Get Edgar Martinez in there for Seattle. Yeah, a, he's, he's probably in there, too. Yeah. Jay Buhner.
1: <laughs> all these guys. It makes you think of all these guys that yep. uh, you know, know from the 80s.
0: Yep. I got to go back in now to look at Ken Griffey Jr. on Major League uh, Major League Baseball in N64. Very <laughs> go.
1: Good, good. There's also an idea, I guess, of doing like a Legends home run derby. I,
0: I heard that as well. I was going to mention that. Um, so,
1: well, like the home run is just too much this year. Too much. Too fast, too much. Randy Rosarino was just like hitting literally was every three seconds he was swinging. Yep. And I feel like you got to wait for the ball to land before you swing again. Yep. So just way too much. It was cool the first couple years. Way too much. Gotta go back uh, to just the ten outs. Yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. What do you have? Albert Pujols, David Ortiz,
0: Jim Tomey, I think
1: said Jim he, told he wanted Tomey, yeah, I get Yeah, Do that. I'm interested in that. Who, <laughs> if 50 years old, can still hit home runs? Right. I, I think that'd be a big, big ratings drop.
0: I I agree because those would all be people like from way back in the day.
1: Yeah, do that. That'd be great. How about, have a, yeah.
0: how about a steroid home run derby with Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa? Oh, my God. And Rafael Palmeiro.
1: <laughs> that'd be, you have the steroid bracket, you have the clean bracket. Yeah.
0: I do did that. not take steroids. Period.
1: <laughs> Except you
0: did. Oh, very good. Anything else before we
1: say so long? Won't
0: All so, right.
1: More, more baseball, more storms. Oh. Yes,
0: indeed. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your week, my friend. Enjoy the World Cup. I know you're going to. Enjoy the Open Championship. Enjoy the baseball. We'll talk next week. All right. See you later. Travis Grins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time as always. Uh, excellent stuff there. Want to wish my son, Jason, a happy first birthday. Happy birthday, Jason. Hard to believe you're a year old, buddy. Um, a uh, very, very fast year, but uh, so excited, you know, just excited to see all that you've done in, in this year, first year. Uh, you're walking like crazy. It just uh, love you, buddy, and uh, happy first birthday to you. Uh, you can find this podcast available on podcast.com and on iTunes. Just search the sports blog. Follow me on Twitter at NDStackin, Facebook Nathan NathanStackin. Travis Crins is on Twitter at Travis Krins. The link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. We're still thinking about threads, so... We'll get back to you on that. Coming up next, though, we will talk about the Women's World Cup. let's gets started down under in Australia and in New Zealand. We'll talk with Marcus Traxler about that next here on the Sports Block Podcast. Again, happy birthday, Jason. All right, continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, it is the Women's World Cup. Down under, starting this week in Australia and New Zealand, and who better to, to discuss that all with than my good friend from the Mitchell Daily Republic, uh, a resident soccer expert, not just the Stanley Cup final or the NHL expert, uh, none other than Marcus Traxler, Marcus, how are we doing?
1: I'm good, Stack, and you asked who better to answer that, or to answer these questions than uh, there might be other people, let's just acknowledge that. But I am glad to be
0: here. Well, th- I always appreciate you jumping on, and especially when it's World Cup time, it's, it's always a lot of fun to talk about this with you. And this year, for the Women's World Cup, we have an expanded field. It's is the first time that, in quite some time that they have had uh, an expanded field. This is the largest tournament field ever. So that should provide a lot more excitement to this tournament.
1: Yeah, we have the expanded teams. I'm not, I'm not totally sure how that's all going to work. I think we'll talk about our sort of our picks here as we go. But, um, yeah, definitely I think nine teams uh, making their debuts in this tournament. Uh, teams like Vietnam, Zambia, yep. uh, Panama, Costa Rica, Ireland, Portugal, those are European teams that are playing in the World Cup for the first time. So some new one. I think that's good. I think it is you know, proof of the the way the game has expanded on the women's side throughout the world. So um, I think it makes sense. I think it's, you know, an appropriate amount of time. I am a little worried about, uh, frankly, how competitive it will be. Yep. I know we've sort of relished on the men's side the last few years, the last few World Cup times and, and some Euros, uh, sort of the parodies that we've seen, some uprisings. I'm not, I'm not really sure that's going to happen to it.
0: Well, I kind of feel like that's... <laughs> to a degree what we've seen like in the NCAA women's tournament too, right? I mean, it's just some of these games are just highly uncompetitive, but at least they're getting the shot. They're getting a chance and you're getting some, you know, a lot of these young ladies and stuff, this is the, you know, they wouldn't have this opportunity otherwise in in a regular year if the field hadn't expanded.
1: Yeah, no question. When you look at, I always like to look at uh, the breakdown of teams by federation, and so you have, Concacaf, you know, North, North and Central America, six teams. UEFA, Europe, with twelve teams, uh, and then you have sort of the Asian uh, Federation with six. That includes Australia, the one of the two host countries. Um, South America, only three. I, I would have expected more teams yeah. in this expanded uh, World Cup from there, and then four from Africa, and then New Zealand is uh, the lone representative of uh, Oceania, you know, as their own, their yeah. own uh, as the host as a host country. So. Um, you know, a little bit more North America in here than I expected. Uh, you always expect Europe to have a big chunk of the tournament. And like I said, I, you know, South America, only three teams Argentina, Brazil, and Colombia. That that was a little surprising, just sort of parachuting back into the entire landscape of, okay, who's actually in this thing this week uh, as we get going? And um, maybe it's because I don't want to wish my summer away. I always say that. I don't want to wish yeah. summer away. But uh, this thing ends on August 20th. Yep. And it starts this week. So uh, for it being an expanded tournament and all this, uh, wow. That's, I mean, that's basically going to take us right up to all that. In South Dakota, it takes us right up to the start of high school football season. That starts, I believe, on the 18th, 19th. Um, you know, it basically gets us closer to the start of school, depending on where you live as well. So, um, wow, that's, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, and week zero of college football.
1: <laughs> yeah, the very next week. Yeah, so uh, just... It's kind of incredible that uh, you know, this is going to take up take up quite a bit of
0: time. You mentioned some of the teams that are making their first appearance in the World Cup. Among others, uh, uh, they're also, uh, let's see, I think Morocco's making their first appearance. Uh, Republic of Ireland is making their first appearance. You mentioned Zambia. I think Haiti is also making it in addition to Vietnam. So it is cool that you get some of these first-time teams. Uh, we'll go through it group by group here. But the United States is the dominant team in the world. Uh, what, they've won the last two World Cups, I think. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, going for three. And I believe if they win this, it would be five overall. So uh, going going for, uh, yeah, obviously no other team on the women's side has, has done that. It has won four times or it has won three in a row.
0: There are some of the usual names on the rosters, the, the uh, Alex Morgans, um, but we, we don't have some of the other names that we are, have been accustomed to seeing here in recent years. Um, I think, uh, I mean, Julie Ertz, we know her maybe more so because Zach Ertz is her husband, the tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, let's see, I mean, Megan Rapinoe, I think this is her last go at it here um but certainly not as many household names as we are as we have seen in the past and part of that is due to some injuries that team USA has had coming into this uh world cup
1: yeah you look at just sort of how you know it probably happens in every world cup but just the changing of the guard in some regard um, like you said those Those names we know amongst the forward forwards, I kind of break it by position. You have Alex Morgan, you have Megan Rapinoe. I had to look. uh, You know, she was a player of the World Cup the last time she scored in the final in the win over the Netherlands. So, um, and that was four years ago. She's 30 now. Um, She scored 63 times internationally. Alex Morgan scored 121 times. So, you look at what they've provided. You know, in in international play, uh, they are huge, huge elements. So it's very possible this is the final world Cup for both of them. It's very mm-hmm. possible Alex Morgan to be back in four years uh, again, but um, yeah, it, it's interesting to see who may step forward. You do have the 22 year old Sophie Smith uh, as an attacker who scored 12 times. Lynn Williams, she's 30, but she scored 15 times as well, and there may be others that, that step forward, but when you normally have three forwards and two of them are pretty much spoken for, you know, in some ways that's going to be That's going to be decided. The midfield, uh, you know, really to me, three big names that we we know. You mentioned Ertz, Lindsay Horan, and Rose Lavelle Mm -hmm. also scored in the final four years ago. Um, She's a household name by this point. Yep. uh, Only 28 years old. And then you look at the defense. Kelly O'Hara is the only name that really stands out as a, you know, perennial player. Um, She has 157 appearances all time, and She's 34. Crystal Dunn has played 132 times, she's 31. The rest of these names are going to be pretty new, um, or at least are new to the casual observers, and I would put myself in that category. So it's going to be interesting to see who else makes the name for themselves. And with full cup, and then you know, goalkeeper, uh, Alyssa Mayher has played 91 times, she's 35, and the goalkeeper position is the one you know, sort of ageless position where, mm-hmm. you know, the youth is not as big of a deal here.
0: And I think, you know, with some of the names that we we're talking about here and with the fact that this is likely the last World Cup for, for some of these, you know, household names and whatnot, this is going to be a good tournament for the casual fan to kind of see, get a glimpse of what the, the future is post-Alex Morgan, post-Megan Rapino. And I think that's going to be good for a lot of people to see, like, okay, yeah, the cupboard's not bare once... The World Cup is over, and hopefully, the U.S. wins their third consecutive one. Like, U.S. soccer on the women's side is still going to be in a very good place after this.
1: Yeah, I think, and I'm just looking at the listing here, you know, 22 of 23 players on this team uh, do play in the U.S. professionally, and the one that doesn't, Lindsay Horan, plays in uh, Place for Lyon, one of the biggest uh, women's clubs in the country, in the world, in France. So, um, in, in a lot of ways, not that obviously the, the U.S. women's national team deservedly gets way more attention than the NWSL or anything like that. To me, it, it should be that way right now. Yeah. Uh, but they are names that if you are following women's soccer, you are acquainted with. And that will help. And I, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll probably get into this here. But the timing of these games is going to be a little strange. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's going to hurt some of this as well, but um, but It'll be interesting to see how it all
0: unfolds. Before we get too much into the to the groups and whatnot, who do you think are the biggest threats to the U.S.? I would probably say England for sure in Group D. Um, you know, do we say France and Brazil? Is there another team there that uh, is going to pose a significant threat to the U.S.?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You got France and Brazil in the same group, uh, Group F. And uh, so, certainly, that's going to be something to watch. I would expect both of th- those teams to get out. Um, you had England, who I think I-, I would have the list be England, Germany, uh, France. There's a very good chance to see Sweden in the later stages of, the, oh, of yes. this as well. Just yep. for the sake of the world ranking. Um, and I believe this is when the teams made it. I'm not sure it's current. U.S. was one, Germany two, Sweden three, England four, France five. I would be surprised if the World Cup is won by somebody other than them. Uh, you do have Spain at six, um, but I just I don't think it's going to come from outside that group. So obviously, so much of it depends on how many of these teams are on the same side of the bracket as the U.S. Um, in my little simulation here, and I'll probably get into this as we go because you got to run you got to run through it right. You got to have an idea. Mm-hmm. Of what happened happen, um, I had Sweden on the same side of the as the U.S., and that was about it. Uh, they avoided Germany, avoided France, um, so I think that that's something to keep an eye on here, um, as we go. Is you know, are they able to avoid some of these, you know, really difficult things to, to do?
0: You mentioned the time, the time difference, and the the odd times that these games are going to be on on Fox and FS1. I mean, the first games are going to be on at 2 a.m. in the morning because the any the the, the um, time zone change or the, the time difference is anywhere from 15 to 18 hours. I mean that's. I mean we know that's kind of an issue, you know, for the Australian Open, tennis's first Grand Slam event in January, but we're going to get this again here for the World Cup. There are a lot of odd times I'm seeing 2 a.m., 5 a.m., and then you get some of these. Prime time uh, slots, like nine thirty PM for Nigeria and Canada on Thursday. Uh, the US is going to be on at eight PM. Um, you know, as opposed to like the midnight or two thirty AM. So it, it's a wide uh, variance of time, but you're either going to have to stay up late or get up really early to watch the majority of this tournament. Yeah. So if I'm
1: understanding this correctly, we've got games in the early morning and late at night there, right? I mean, um, so it's it's, yes. it's going to be strange here because exactly as you're saying, you're looking at Friday's schedule, uh, you got, I'm just, you know, Philipp- Philippines, Switzerland, that's at that midnight our time. Yes,
0: yep, midnight central uh, time.
1: You got Spain, Costa Rica at 2.30, and then there's no games until 8 o'clock on Friday night when you got the U.S. against Vietnam. Right. Uh, and so you're going to have kind of the middle of the day in the U.S., nothing's going to be happening. And all these games are going to be happening in the middle of the night. I know that um, with a, a, a brief look through, it seemed like the U.S., Fox was able to manipulate the schedule pretty good. I think two of the three games are on, you know, in what would qualify prime time, yep. uh in the U.S. I think that the third uh, being a little bit more difficult because you got to play those group matches at the same time. So they're at two in the morning for us on yep. Office uh, One. Um, and then I just skip right ahead to sort of the end stage of the tournament. you got these semifinals, uh, quarterfinals on it, you know, depending on the day, 2.30 in the morning, 5.30. you got one at 8 o'clock. I don't know if that's the one the U.S. would be in. Um, you got semifinals at 3 a.m., 5 a.m., and then the, the final on the 20th, 5 a.m. Sunday, which if U.S. is in it, I'm going to get up and watch with it, but That's that's tough.
0: You know, they're getting it with these 2 a.m. start times, though. Isn't that getting into prime, like, uh, uh, uh ads, uh, like, you know, late night shopping? Like, uh, now I can't watch Emeril Lagasse sell his fryer, um, you know, like, I, 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 I mean, skin like, cream. Like,
1: like, what's me, going on me, here? At 2 a.m. here on my local Fox affiliate. Uh, yeah, what's being displaced, um, when, when those games aren't happening? So
0: that's it's and I wonder too because there are so many uh, cities that have group uh, viewing events. New York City, like Kansas City, has it at the Power and Light District. Uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, Miami, San Francisco, oh, LA, a lot of big areas, a lot of viewing parties and stuff. I wonder what the viewing parties are going to be like, or are they going to keep them open? Because normally. One or two AM in the you know, on a weeknight, that's about bar closing time or even on a weekend. Like are they just gonna extend the hours for these games, for these viewing opportunities, these viewing parties?
1: Yeah, if if that's happening I didn't see that and I, I really I mean maybe some of these west coast places will be able to do it, but yeah, I don't think we're gonna have we're gonna have much of that uh this time around.
0: Well, let's get into. The, or I guess before the tables, is there any other storylines that you're that are captivating your attention, that are catching your eye as we head into this World Cup?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm just looking here because I'm looking at the ESPN uh, page, and one of the main stories here. I freely admit that's something I followed close enough to uh, be able to pay attention. And let me just say one thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I. I don't recall what the, I think these qualifying matches, the U.S. rights, I believe, are with Turner and HBO. Um, yes. You know, Max, whatever. Yep. Uh, it's made it very difficult to follow any of these matches in the lead-up. I haven't seen very many of them. Um, just not a fan. I mean, not a fan. And I, I think it's kind of a problem for both the men and the women. They've bounced around. Sometimes they've been on TBS sports. Um you know, I think that was probably under a previous deal. It's just it's just confusing, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's not top of mind. I think there may be a little bit of a uh, NHL, not on ESPN type uh, theory here. I'm sure yeah. this is getting covered on ESPN a decent amount, but out of sight, out of mind for some people, um, I'm sure the start of the Women's World Cup is going to catch some people off guard, and the, the weird timing, it may be a down... Down year for attention and
0: interest. I think maybe COVID has some thing to do with that too, though, right? Because we had some of the tournament. Because normally, because if it's an every four year event, so it would have taken place in 2020, but it got pushed back. And then you have like the Euros in there, and and you know the Olympics and whatnot. So everything has just kind of gotten kind of lost in the shuffle. It was kind of a hodgepodge all together here over the last four years. So now that we're finally starting to get back on track, get back on schedule, I guess it was 2019, so it wouldn't have been. So never mind. It's 2023. It's not 2024. But it's, you're right. It, it does feel like it, it does get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Here.
1: Yeah. And, and the one other storyline you asked about, um, ESPN.com is U.S. coach Watko Ananofsky's job safe. If the U.S. women's National Food doesn't win the World Cup and the premise. Essentially, being, uh, the expectations are so high that if you don't win the World Cup, I think you run the risk of losing your job. That could happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I don't know much about uh, Vlatko, um, but since he's taken the job in 2019, uh, they've they've looked. You know, they've had moments where they didn't look their best, and if yep. they come out flat in this tournament, um, that's going to be one of the storylines to watch.
0: Very much so, very much so. Let's get into this here, and let's start in Group A. Host country New Zealand, Norway, Philippines, and Switzerland. I will just pull out a guess, and I'll say Switzerland gets through, and let's go with, do we go with the host country New Zealand here, or are we going to go with Norway?
1: Well, Norway, I'll um, freely really admit that I, I took a, a good look at uh, rankings uh, before I, I uh, you know, made my pick. Norway the highest ranked team in this group uh, number 12 in the country or the world. Uh, they have won a Women's World Cup long ago. Uh, New Zealand has never gotten out of, their, out of the group. Um, I'm going to give them the advantage of being the home team. Uh, they are number 26 in the world, so I have Norway and New Zealand going through. i think New Zealand winning the group. which um, I'm not sure it will matter much of this in this uh, group, but I haven't been winning the group Norway
0: 7th. Okay, and that would be, a, a like you said, they've never gotten out of the group stage before, but being the host country here, that would be a, a big, uh, that's a big boost for them here, you have to think, at least psychologically. Group B, the other host country, Australia, also the host continent, I guess we can say. Uh, Republic of Ireland making their first uh, ever World Cup appearance, Nigeria and Canada. Australia and Canada, probably the likely favorites to get out here. Is Nigeria maybe kind of, you know, snake in the grass, so to speak? Are they the kind of the the team that could surprise?
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, if you're looking for, there's not a ton of um, African representation in this tournament. Nigeria has made some noise on the men's side. They're ranked 40th in this tournament. I'm not overthinking it. I have Canada winning the group, they're seventh in the world. I have Australia finishing second.
0: Okay, so we're good there. Group C, Spain, Costa Rica, first time Zambia, and Japan. We know Japan has had a lot of success here in the past. Uh, This seems to be pretty clear-cut. I would guess Spain and and Japan will be the favorites,
1: right? Yeah, Spain uh, winning the group Japan second for me.
0: All right. Group D, England, Denmark, China, and Haiti. Again, Haiti's one of these nations making their first-ever appearance in the World Cup, uh, England talked about them before. Talked about them now. How they're kind of one of the favorites. Certainly, I think they make it through. And then, do you like? Do you favor Denmark or China? I guess I would go with Denmark. But uh, do you do you see anything playing out differently
1: here? I did get China kind of the bump here, uh, finishing second in this group. Um, England, I have winning it. It's interesting um, if England slips here. Um, I have to look. Their first match would be against I really don't expect them to lose that. Um, but you know, Denmark's number thirteen in the world. China's number fourteen. So that when you got three top fifteen teams in the world, uh, it's not impossible that if you have one bad mistake, now all of a sudden you're really fighting. And we see it every World Cup first run through of group play. Somebody loses. Somebody drops it. Um, obviously, in the men's tournament, we we saw Argentina. We had the drama with Argentina, um, and then they came back and won the whole thing. So mm-hmm. anything can going to happen. Um, like we said, maybe a little bit more predictable in this side, but I'm interested to see um, what kind of form England's in and if they do have the slip-up in the group stage.
0: Group E, what we're all paying attention to with the United States, they have Vietnam, the Netherlands, and Portugal. Of course, the United States, heavy favorites here. Vietnam, again, yeah, making, uh, you know, in there. Who's finishing second in this in this group? Is it the Netherlands or Portugal? What team is going to? What country is going to give the United States the biggest run for their money? What what's going to be the most difficult challenge?
1: I I think I mean I think Netherlands uh, and the U.S. both get out of this group. Um, I think Netherlands probably tests them the most in the group. Maybe I'm crazy. I'm looking at Portugal, number 52 in the world. I think they benefit obviously from playing. European teams, European competition. Mm-hmm. That can be something to keep an eye on here. You got two European group, uh, teams in this group. But, I mean, if the U.S. doesn't get out of this group, it's a major problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, if they don't win the group, like we said, just kind of lining things up, they're going to have a lot harder road uh, to getting to the final. But very interesting, you got U.S. Netherlands, a uh, World Cup final rematch in the group stage.
0: I mean, if, if the U.S. doesn't even get out of the group stage here, hole is going to have to fly commercial back on some other random Like, the U.S. isn't going to fly him back home. Uh, he, I mean, he may as well just pack his bag. Maybe just live in Australia and New Zealand full-time.
1: He's going to want to lay low, for sure, because, yeah, he's not going
0: to like, uh, he's not going to want to come back. Does Ronaldo have a do- uh, daughter at all? Can, uh, if so, is she going to play for Portugal here soon?
1: I can't say for sure. I think he's had a bunch of boys. I don't know if he's
0: had any girls. Okay. Well, I mean, then they'll be playing for Portugal on the men's side here shortly. Uh, Group F, France, Jamaica, Brazil, and Panama. I'm looking at these kind of groups here. Uh, Group C, I think certainly Spain and Japan, the heavy favorites there with Zambia and Costa Rica in terms of easy easiness of the groups. But I would say Group F has to be right up there. France and Brazil are the prohibitive favorites the heavy favorites here to to advance out of the group stage
1: yeah absolutely those are my two teams here i think you can flip this one one or two either way and obviously it does end up uh making quite a a a mark on uh you know how the bracket plays out i did give france the nod to win the group okay group g
0: so again we have eight new teams here with the expanded tournament here uh so we have group g sweden south africa italy and argentina sweden's been very good in years past uh i'd like them to win the group stage here i'd like them to win group g who do you like is this uh, is that who you have winning this group sweden yeah sweden
1: winning group number three in the world And this is really my only mild upset of the group stage. I have Argentina at number 28 in the world, uh, moving out of the group. Uh, Number 16 Italy, uh, finishing third, not advancing.
0: Okay, all right, very good. And then the final one, we have Germany, Morocco, Colombia, South Korea in Group H. I would think Germany and South Korea, I guess those who are the two I'm picking out of here. Is that uh, what you like as well?
1: Yeah, I like I like Germany and, and Korea here as well. All
0: right, so it should be a lot of fun here, and then it gets to the round of 16. So kind of, and we'll hopefully you'll come on here throughout the the next month and stuff, and we'll break down this the World Cup and whatnot. But what do you expect after the group stage, and as we advance to the you know the semifinals and the championship? Who do you like to advance overall?
1: Yeah, so I I, w- I would always give this as a suggestion to anybody who cares at all about this to play around with the World Cup simulators, play around with uh, who you think is going to win the group. It's interesting just to see uh, how that how that fills out the bracket, how it uh, you know depending on where you finish. So um, with with the U.S., they actually happen to benefit a little bit from my upset. They would have Argentina by winning uh, their group, and Argentina finishing second. I think that's great for the U.S. Don't think they would be an issue. Uh, my quarterfinal teams are Japan against the U.S., Norway against Sweden, Canada against France, and Australia against Germany. The so one notable upset that I have is I have Australia, one of the host uh, countries. I have them taking out England in the round of 16 wow. um, just for the sake of picking an upset, just for the sake of the home team. Um, and uh, I, In the semis, I have the U.S. over Sweden, and I have Germany over France. That leads to the U.S. and Germany. Uh, that is one and two in the world. Uh, Germany has a ton of good players that are playing high-level club soccer. Um, they have a very competitive uh, women's league over there as well. Um, and I'm not going to overthink it. The U.S. makes it three in a row um, and wins number five overall. you send out uh, a few of your legends um, on, on the way out. Um, you know, Rapino and potentially Morgan with an, another uh, world title.
0: It was the Olympics, right? When the U.S. women lost, or like, did they get bronze that year? I'm sorry, what? In, in the Olympics, was that when they had their failures? Were they like bronze medalists?
1: Yeah, I was just looking. 2016, I believe they lost to Sweden uh, in the world or in the uh, Olympics, and. You'll have to, you'll have to, uh, remind me, uh, they lost in the quarterfinals. I honestly don't remember, uh, 2021. Um, they were, they lost to Sweden in the group stage as well. Uh, and they lost to Canada in the semis 1-0. Um, and, and never really played that well. Um, so they, they have not, that kind of gets back to what we said earlier. They have had their moments here in the last, uh, you know, in this last cycle. Um, where they have not looked amazing. I would love to
0: this to be a revenge tour for them. I'd love for them to beat Canada and Sweden in route to the uh, to the cup. So or into in winning this. So I will have in the championship. Give me the United States against Sweden. How however, however it would all break down. That's who I'm going to pick in the championship match, and I will take the U.S. to win a 3 p as well. Yeah, it, it looks
1: like to me, and I don't have. I don't, I, I think Sweden, if Sweden and the U.S. both win the group, I think they're on the same side of the bracket. Okay. So that would be semifinal. semi-final. But uh, let's see here, Sweden, yeah, Sweden's probably not losing their, probably not losing the second in the group. But anything could happen, I mean, Italy, Argentina, in that group. So, I don't know, it's interesting.
0: Well, we're, I'll pick them or, uh, it can Canada, can Canada, <laughs> is Canada on the same side then?
1: Canada, let's see here. Canada. I have them playing China. Um, uh, you could play Canada. You could play Canada
0: in the in the final. There we go. U.S. against Canada. An, I mean, seek revenge. It's the revenge tour for the U.S. And like I said, they they want to send their stars out on a winning note, and this is a great way to do it.
1: They they will play the uh, they will play the final at eight o'clock local time in Australia in Sydney. Uh, that'd be five o'clock back here for us. That'd be great for everybody in North America. You have an all North America final, and you play it, you know, in the middle of the night uh, for the entire continent. So there you go.
0: Yeah. Yep. I mean, and, and again, it would span multiple times zo- all four time zones here. So you know, can- Canada and the U.S. It'll. Uh, no one's going to have to. No one's going to have any bones about it because everyone gets the same same time essentially. So. It should be a lot of fun. Any final thoughts as we enter the uh, Women's World Cup?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it is cool that uh, we're seeing, you know, I know that it's going to be a gripe that these are happening in the middle of the night. Um, But I think it's going to be cool to see, um, you know, new countries host, bigger World Cup, probably a good thing. Um, A lot of interest. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about prize money. And I, I was looking at the Wikipedia page uh, I had the prize money pulled up. Let's take a look at that. The per player now, the champion got into the U.S. has plans of the champions. $270,000 per player. Runner-up, $195,000 per player. Third place for uh 165 for fourth place. Every player that plays in this tournament will get at least $30,000. Now, is that, you know, I'm almost positive that the Mets tournament, uh, would get more. Uh, we all know what that's all about. We know mm-hmm. that's, you know, not necessarily right, but there's definitely strides being made in the women's game, and it's important to see that grow. And so, um, a lot more notoriety, the U.S. in you know, a major way is a part of that. So I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Yep. I mean, this is the one time of the year when I get excited for soccer and actively watch, especially in the group stage. Uh, I think it's just kind. It's almost like in March Madness. You you kind of want to see those upsets unless it's your favorite team playing. So if it's anyone other than the U.S. playing, I'm I'm hoping for the upsets. I'm hoping for the Hades and the Morocco's of the world to 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 stun and and get a win. It's unlikely to happen, but that's I think what's so cool about the World Cup. I mean, you can cheer for a lot of these countries that you know haven't had a lot of sustained success. On the on the world football stage, and maybe ever so. I, that's why I, I I love the World Cup for that purpose or for that reason
1: alone. Yeah, forty. Uh, the the past twenty twenty two men's prize money pool, um, the men's pool four hundred forty million dollars. Yes. This, this current one one hundred ten million. So not good. No. Uh But. No. This prize pool, $80 million more than in 2019 for the women. Uh, They have to keep pressing the action and drive up uh, these prize pool figures as much as they can. Um, Certainly a lot of growth, but uh, it is a little dispiriting when you look at them side-by-side. Yep, Uh,
0: certainly a ways to go. Progress is being made, but it's not being made fast enough. And hopefully we will continue to see progress and more movement towards equality in terms of the... uh, um, the, the prize money and stuff as we get into this more and more years down the line uh, Marcus I appreciate the time as always my friend enjoy the World Cup and uh, we'll talk to you throughout the tournament alright thanks Zach. thank you Marcus Marcus Traxler joining me here Sports Block Podcast I think we had a little bit of uh, feedback going in. apologies for that I, that probably was on my end but uh, looking forward to the World Cup like I say I am not a soccer expert by any stretch. Um, I'm not a real soccer fan but when it comes to the World Cup I like seeing that I, I like cheering for these countries like the, the Zambias, the Hades the you know I'm sorry Vietnam can't cheer for you because you're in the same group uh, as the US but it's just fun to to see that and then as it gets going you know later on as we get to the uh, out of group stage and we get to the quarters and the semis and stuff, it, the U.S. It, it's got to be the U.S. A um, lot of stiff competition from the likes of England and Canada and Germany, France, so on and so forth. But um, it, it should be a, a very fun tournament. Fun next month here of football. International football. We will talk college football in August. Charlie Hildebrand will come on and we'll, we'll preview college football. We'll talk about college football with Travis Krins, of course. Um Well, next week, we'll talk about the World Cup. We'll talk about who wins the Open being played in Royal Liverpool this week. My favorite golf tournament of the year by far. Plenty of baseball to get to as well. Uh, so as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes or on podcast.com. Just search a sports block. Follow me on Twitter at ndstacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. Uh, link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Travis is on Twitter at Travis Krenz. Marcus is on Twitter at Marcus Traxler. Follow them, uh, especially Marcus with all of his, uh, articles and great sports, um, information and stuff regarding, you know, the Mitchell area, uh, mitchell um daily republic definitely get your go-to news there if you live in and around the mitchell area of course travis is sports director at korn radio there does a great job with all that stuff calling all the games that he does for uh for the mitchell Colonels and, and baseball in the summer and whatnot so uh definitely uh, follow those guys they, they do great work uh at their jobs respectively and uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. So have a great week. Enjoy the Open Championship. Get up early. Uh, it's, it's, keep getting up early over these next uh, over this next month here as the Women's World Cup starts on Thursday in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, 15 18 hours ahead of uh, Central Standard Time anyway. Uh, but enjoy it. It should be a wonderful tournament. Uh, first year that it's expanded in a while here. So it's the largest tournament that they've ever had. Should be a lot of fun. Go Team USA. Hopefully there are some watch parties throughout the U.S. But for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for, for Travis and Marcus I'm Nathan, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the World Cup. Enjoy the Open Championship. And we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.